a guy and his journey back to God. So today we're in Matthew 10 and it's the uh, parable. It's the story of when Jesus sent his disciples out to minister to others. And before we get started with chapter 10, let's go ahead and go to God in prayer. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you, Father, for all that you've done. Thank you for helping us, for keeping us safe and for blessing us with mercy and grace And I'm grateful that you know what's best for me. I'm grateful that you see the bigger picture. You love me. It's as you've said in the, in the word, it just says what father would give their child a stone when they ask for bread. So father, I know you've, you know, what's right for me. And I just lift up this time and I lift up that, that my heart would understand it. My spirit would understand it. That I'd truly commune with you and see things as you see them that I would grow and I'd persevere and that I would understand you and run this race complete. So Holy Spirit, speak to us. May it be your wisdom, your guidance, your insights that we hear. Nothing from me, everything from you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So chapter 10 is a chapter I can definitely relate to. And it's because there's so many different pieces in there. And then there's just the reality of how my life winds up going. And this is a chance where Jesus is sending out his, his disciples two by two. He's enabling them. They have all sorts of power, all sorts of, of wisdom insights. And then the reality hits. So I know for myself that there've been many times in my life where I sit there and I'm given a great responsibility and I'm like fired up and excited. And then all of a sudden reality hits and it's way harder and it's way more difficult. And really the question is, am I even going to be able to see this through? And so I go from completely pumped and quite candidly, somewhat proud to, oh, dang, am I even going to be able to do this? Because reality is hitting home. And there might be some of that with our with the disciples. And I think Jesus understands that. And he sets the tone. And he gives them some insight as to what really is going to happen. So let's go ahead and get started. Verse 1. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the 12 apostles. First Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew. James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. I find it interesting that the Zealot and the traitor are working together. I don't know, for some reason that just strikes me. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or any, any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. I mean, that's amazing, right? These guys are big time. They're raising the dead. They're healing the sick. They're cleansing the the lepers. They're driving out demons. 
this amazing power. I can only imagine what would be happening to me as I'm listening to this. It's like, wow, I am good. <laughs> I, I would be really proud. My head would be big and I'd be like, dang, I must be important. Do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts. Huh? Okay. No bag for for the journey or extra shirt or sandals or a staff for the worker is worth his keep. All of a sudden, my head would be deflating a little bit. Like, wait, maybe this isn't so great. Whatever town or village you enter, search search there for some worthy person and stay in the, at their house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the house is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that town or that home and shake the dust off your feet. Again, I would immediately be like, what do you mean, God? What do you mean, Jesus? They're all going to want to listen to me. This is going to be great. Don't they know I can heal and raise and all that good stuff? Truly, I tell you, it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and be flogged in the synagogues. Huh? What do you mean, Lord? That'd be, my again, my thoughts. I'd be like, I went from high to all of a sudden, Wait, people may not welcome me? I'm going to get flogged? Holy cow. What did I get myself into? On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say. For it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Brother will betray brother to death. And a father his children. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. But you will be hated by everyone because of me. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Perseverance. When you are persecuted in one place, flee to another. Truly I tell you, you will not finish going through the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. The student is not above the teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the students to be like their teachers and servants like their masters. If the head of the house has been called Beelzebul, how much more the members of his household? So remember that the Pharisees were saying, oh, well, he's casting out demons in the name of the devil. So that's Beelzebul. So do not be afraid of them, for there is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny, yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care? And even the very heads, even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than any sparrows. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. 
For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. So that's from Micah 7.6. And that's a prediction about the, uh, a prophecy about the upcoming Savior. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than he more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. This is the first time he's mentioned the cross, but he's pre-shadowing. Whoever finds their life will, will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. So Jesus is setting the the mood. He's setting the, the groundwork. He's telling them, hey, look. I'm sending you out and I'm giving you immense power or I'm allowing you to, you're, you're tapping into my power and we all have the ability to tap into that. And I know there's times when I sit there and I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm really, I'm tapped into God. And as soon as I think that I know I'm going to be attacked, I'm going to be completely attacked by the devil. And as soon as I start something, he's going to attack me in my my perseverance is going to be in question. And so I'm going to read just a little bit here from Charles Spurgeon, what he says about chapter 10, basically the first third of it. Perhaps bright visions floated before their minds of honor and esteem among men. He's, he's speaking about the disciples before, when they're being sent out. It was no mean dignity to be among the first 12 heralds of salvation to the sons of Adam. Was a check needed on their high hopes? Perhaps so, lest they should enter upon their work without having counted its cost. Christ gives them a very full description of the treatment which they might expect to receive and reminds them that it was not the commencement of their ministry which would win them their reward. But he that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. It's not how you start, but how you finish, and finish the end we must. He then goes on and says, Perseverance is the badge of true saints. Perseverance is therefore the target of all spiritual enemies. Perseverance is the glory of Christ. Perseverance should be the great care of every Christian. Now you have to be exposed to multiples of storms. You must be in your life. Oh, so, so then he goes on to tell a story about a man who built a lighthouse on a rock where a previous lighthouse had been built and how he weathered that storm and has how his lighthouse weathered the storm where someone else had failed. And so, but he likens that to as soon as we get put into a role where we have an opportunity to talk and share the gospel. And he was in this example, speaking to other pastors immediately we're going to be tested by the devil. We're immediately going to be challenged and made so that we 
at times really do think about quitting. I know I think about it. I know I think about it all the time. I think about it, wow, there's not that many people listening to this. Should I keep doing it? And I pray and he says yes. But I question it. Or there have been times when I'm when we've been covering off on the spirit, our spirits, and being in tune with God and in touch with him. And as soon as I start talking about something important, all of a sudden I'm attacked. And I start to ponder, should I give up? Should I give up? I don't know if I'm reaching a thousand people or one. I know that God or or more or less or nobody. But God keeps telling me to do it. So it's the perseverance. Because I have a tendency that eventually I quit. And I don't want to quit on this. This is about perseverance. So this is very impactful to me. But we have to build firmly on the rock, which is God. And make sure our work is for for eternity. So it's, it's just important. It's critical. I love what he says. Perseverance is the badge of true saints. Perseverance is therefore the target of all of our spiritual enemies. Perseverance is the glory of Christ. Perseverance should be the great care of every Christian. Amen to that. So it's the perseverance that we have to really fight for. Take up our cross and, and walk each and every day, just as Jesus did. I know I struggle with these things, and this this chapter is important to me, and it's a great reminder. I hope it is. I hope it's good for you too. And with that, let's just close with prayer. Father, thank you for your day, for this day, and for your word. Holy Spirit, I'm grateful, and I pray these words would go out, and you would bless them, that they would be what you want to be said, that the message would be yours and not mine. Be with us as we finish up our days. I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.